Though I'm an employee of Ronald Blue Trust, Talking Money represents my individual views and not those of my employer or any sponsor of the program. During the program, I may discuss market trends as well as specific financial planning techniques and investment ideas. These discussions are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations to any individual or organization. Work with your attorney or accounting or investment professional for specific individual advice and services. Any securities or investment products discussed on Talking Money are not insured by the FDIC, are not a deposit or other obligation of or guaranteed by any bank, and are subject to investment risks, including possible loss of principal amount invested. Good morning and welcome to Talking Money. This is Mike Miller, your host for today, live in the studio once again. This is uh, maybe the last time I'm actually in the studio for a while. We may be broadcasting from my home studio, my makeshift home studio, starting next week. But we'll still be live as, as often as we can because we want to answer your questions. We want to be here to help encourage and educate our listeners. So 877-235-9405 is the text line or phone line. We'd be glad to have you join us in a conversation to express and ask whatever questions that you may have. So I've been doing a lot of uh, reading, a lot of research, uh, a lot of podcasts, uh, a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, the meetings that we've been having at the office have been uh, Zoom calls. Even when we have a staff meeting, we're able to do that uh, by Zoom. So all of us can get on the call at the same time and see everybody and so make it feel a little bit like we're still all together. But we're doing our part to to stay apart as much as possible. Uh, I, and one of the Zoom calls I was on, or one of the conference calls I was on, was with the leadership uh, team at Ronald Blue Trust and Thrivent. And one of the questions that was asked from our team to the Thrivent uh, people, the executives, was, "What is one thing that we can pass along to our clients?" Uh, prospective clients and so forth, but especially our clients that you think would help them feel better. And the reaction was Thriven, of course, is owns uh, Ronald Blue Trust, but even though it's independent, separate from Thriven's insurance uh, business, but Thriven, he, he said the main things he would share is that there's no debt, as well as Ronald Blue Trust having no debt, and a well-capitalized. So that well capitalized means you've got uh, a lot of money that you have access to that's not going to be subject to the um, fluctuations of the markets and so forth. And and so you can weather storms when you're well capitalized, plenty of cash, plenty of uh, uh, liquidity available to you to make sure you can maintain your business. And I think that's important for our clients to know, especially as a trust company now, there are more requirements on the trust company side to keep capitalized. Keep well capitalized. So plan first and having merged with Ronald Blue Trust and become a trust company, part of a trust company a little over a year ago now. It's hard to believe. It's been 13, over 13 months that we have access to that uh, liquidity, that stability that um, many firms do not have. So uh, we're not encouraging or not hoping that other financial planning firms, registered investment advisory firms go out of business during this time. Many of them did in 08, I understand, during that financial crisis. But it's nice for clients to know that when you're working with somebody, I, I've even heard some insurance companies are limiting access to some of their insurance products. With interest rates go down so low, you got to remember the insurance companies investing in the same things we're all investing in. So they're investing in bonds and things like that. And as those rates go down, and they have to try to come up with products that they can meet the the product requirements, the contract requirements. 
it can be hard to do. So I've, I did read an article that some of them are limiting the access to for, for brokers, insurance brokers, to even sell the annuities. Although I've heard a lot more ads on on uh, the radio for uh, annuity, people selling annuities are trying to take advantage of, of people that are a little more nervous than, than normal because of how the the market's been and so volatile lately, and we'll go into some of those things as we go along. But I want to want to kick off uh, secondly here with as part of this opening with a uh, to read you a prayer. So our pastor Andy Lewis at Mitchell Road put out a a I think it was eleven day devotional, and he had a prayer for different industries. So he had one for healthcare workers and and different other workers, uh, different other industries. And one of them was for uh, finances. So it's interesting to me that anybody would even think about that, that a pastor would think about this, but there's a lot of different industries that are affected, and they're affected differently. And so he had this a prayer for finances, and it goes like this. Father, we pray for those today that we don't normally think about, those in the financial industry. Their world is rocked by these recent week's events. In their job, they're filled with second-guessing choices, and seeking opportunities without being opportunistic. They have people's finances in their hands, which is not people's lives, but does affect lives. They are charged with helping people find perspective, knowing that you can't serve the two masters of God and money at the same time. I'm sure over these last couple of weeks, they've had phone conversations with people that now can't retire or have to shut down their business or take out massive loans. And while they deal in financing, a lot of their job is pastoring people through difficult life situations. They shepherd hearts toward generosity while helping others hold loosely to earthly possessions. They need clarity, empathy, great communication skills, and resolve. Would you give them all these things and more, knowing that as they guide others, they set the tone for whether we will be fearful people or people that trust in you, not just the bull on Wall Street. Father, would we recognize today that you own the cattle on a thousand hills and you will provide for what we need. At the same time, you tell us to be great stewards of everything that you have given to us, financially or otherwise. So may those in the financial industry, the bankers, managers, brokers, and traders who don't know you come to see that life is more than an ROI. And thank you that you don't dole out your grace based on how well we perform or how, how well our moral stock rises or falls. But you have forgiven our sins and have given us a new start morning by morning. Do the same for those in the industry, we pray. May we all remember that we're rich in many things, not the least of which is your love. In the name of a king who owns the world and all that's in it, Psalm 24, we pray. Amen. So that was a pretty good prayer there, I think, from uh, our pastor that uh, kind of sets perspective because uh, your broker, whoever you work with, is is stressed out maybe more than you maybe they should be more than you because they they no matter how much you may trust and you trust in god you know he owns it all and he's in control of all these things Uh, but there's still a a feeling of of concern a feeling of responsibility even though we can only control the things we can control and that's the, the the story they should be telling you and if they provided you with a well-diversified portfolio and made sure that you didn't have everything in the stock market, made sure you had that part that was long-term investments that was in the stock market, which is five, at minimum five, probably eight to ten years out type of money or the need for that money, 
then you shouldn't be as stressed out about what's going on in the markets in the day-to-day, and you won't overreact, and you'll stick to your plan. You'll stick to, if you've done the plan, which hopefully you have, and I know many advisors don't do the actual financial plan. We certainly do. But you stick to that plan. So has anything changed in that plan? If nothing's changed in that plan, then the long-term volatility, short-term volatility market should still not hamper the long-term ultimate um return on the on the investment. So as we've seen in many, many times in the in years past, and I'll go over some of those after the break, but many of those things that we've seen in the past that we've weathered those storms, that um we we need to look longer term. So some of the the analysts that I've read this week were they're looking at, okay, what's it look like by the end of twenty twenty one? What's it look like by the end of twenty twenty? And when you look that far out, you say, okay, we should be past this. Everything should be starting to track back to normal. The market's going back to normal. And some are suggesting that by November of, of 2020, which is the election month this year, that the market could very well be at the same place it was November a year ago of 2019. Who knows? I mean, everybody's everybody's guessing like that. But at the beginning of this year, so when all the analysts were talking about, and they were being asked, if you can go back to any report you want to, uh, back in the first of this year, end of last year, and, and the, the, all the, the money shows were asking the experts, the quote unquote experts, what do you think is going to happen for 2020? And very few would have said that there's any kind of recession. Now that was, that was under normal conditions and not expecting anything from the outside like a virus to upset things. But that's just one of those, I think, reminders that you be careful how much you look at and listen to the the people who are predicting what's going to happen because you don't know what's going to happen. Even on regular financial matters, not even counting an outside virus like this or a government-imposed recession, which is what we've had essentially, that that there can be other things that happen that, that no one knows about. That's why they're called surprises. We don't know about them in January or December. And and so you you don't want to react to those things. You want to prepare. So that's certainly something that we do at Ronald Blue Trust is is prepare and have and and more and more of our clients we're putting them into the Ronald Blue Trust portfolios from the plan first portfolios and using uh some certainly using the buckets. If we're not using the bucket approach, we certainly have the buckets. They may just not be separated uh, visibly into buckets, but the same concept applies. That you have the money that you need for the next year or two is in something very safe, conservative, might even be cash at the bank and not even be with us. And then other monies, as you get further out, are put into something that has more volatility but higher return, trying to beat inflation. And then long term, of course, trying to beat uh, real, have a real return above inflation of uh, three or four percent, which is the ultimate thing you want to do past four years but I, I bet i pulled out several things that that i read that were talking about what happened uh what what they were saying back in uh december and january of this year about what was going to happen before all this stuff um went to went went down okay so we're uh, past time for the break and i'm going to re replay or rehash some uh things that um, kramer was saying back in 2008 we're going to talk about some of the stock market reactions for previous pandemics now I've got a little hope uh, that I think will be encouraging for you that Rusty Leonard, one of the analysts and investment managers that uh, I like a lot, good Christian guy, uh, based up in uh, Pennsylvania and and in, uh, in North Carolina, 
that uh, I think will be encouraging to you. But if you've got a question or comment, you'd like to get on the on the show and ask that question to eight seven seven two three five nine four zero five toll free number, or you can text us eight seven seven two three five nine four zero five. We'll be right back. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I'm pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust sponsor Talking Money to help educate listeners about financial planning so you have the information needed to help you make more informed and hopefully better decisions. When a Ronald Blue Trust advisor meets with prospective clients, their goal is to determine if any of our services are a good fit for them. They don't sell any products like annuities or life insurance and as a fiduciary work to serve your best interest. Perhaps you just need a financial physical from the Everyday Steward Division without any ongoing monitoring or you're about to retire and need to work with the Private Wealth Division to map out a financial path and then help implement and continuously monitor that plan. Ronald Blue Trust Advisors act like your quarterback, coordinating the advice you receive from your accountant, your state attorney, life insurance agent, and in some instances, even your investment advisor. You can learn more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com, send an email to greenville at ronblue.com, or call the Greenville office at 800-588-7526 or 864-233-7405. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. We are about, let me see, 20 minutes after the hour, halfway through 20 minutes after the hour. Glad you could join us today here on Talking Money. 877-235-9405 is a phone line, text line. If you have a question or have a comment about some things you're going through, we'd love to hear from you. 877-235-9405. So before the break, we talked a little bit about the predictions that were going on for this year. Well, if we go back even in time, and I I constantly remember back in 08 when the financial crisis was happening, and Jim Cramer and Susie Orman were getting on. They were they were doing their typical uh, scaring people half to death, and they were in, in and certainly it was a scary time as it is now. Only although it happened over a little longer period of time, this this uh, particular crash happened so fast. It was really nearly impossible to try to re- react to it even. And and some people that do react to it, you react t- too soon, you react negatively, you get off your plan and you sell, and you sell when it's down, and you miss the big upturn we had a, a week before last. And, and you know, that may still look good to you later. Uh, this next few weeks, if it goes down some more, you know, nobody knows those things. But that's why we keep uh, preaching diversification here on Talking Money. But I still remember Jim Cramer coming on the air and talking about how if you're going to need any funds in the next five years that you should sell out. Whatever amount you need for the next five years, you sell out. And so I made sure I got on on uh, Channel 4 and, and talked to my buddy Lee uh, Brown over there. And when He's since retired for, as assistant news director. But he said, hey, Lee, we need to do something over here to, to try to offset some of this um, I, I think was nonsense and not and bad advice that you go five years. I said the most you should go out probably would be a year. If you know you're going to need the money in the next year, then go ahead and sell at these depressed prices, but don't go any further than that. Of course, you never knew. I didn't know for sure. I just didn't feel like um, that five years was was a good piece of advice. So it worked out pretty well because a year later the markets had, had gone up very well and one of the best years in 2000. Um, in 2009 that we'd had for a, a, a while, probably since 2003. And so it was nice to see it, it rebounding like that. 
And so I had to, of course, had to come back on the air and say, look, this is what they were saying a year ago, and now what's happened. So if you had gotten uh, five years' worth of, of expenses out of there, then you would have missed out on, on all this rebound that we had over these next uh, so about nine months or so from March to the end of the year. So you just got to be careful. And when you watch, I mean, it's every time, every time you turn on the TV, on the news, it's all about this. And, and I would ask my wife, I said, wow, it's amazing. I, I guess they're not fighting in Syria anymore. And uh, Iran must be behaving itself. And there must not be anything else going on because all we can talk about is this uh, coronavirus. So, and, and I've also wondered, and, and, and I don't know if, if Joey's covered this on his show or not, I meant to uh, text him and ask him to do this if he hasn't already, but I'm curious if you can find, and Joey, if you're listening, you can do this next week. I'm curious what's happened to crime rates, uh, not just in, in New York. We've heard a little bit about that, or that fewer people are dying now than, than did before, even with the coronavirus deaths. I, I think I read that somewhere. But what's happening nationwide, and what else is going on with uh, – maybe there's some some parts I've heard that uh, some – Spousal abuse has been increasing because people have been home. And for those that are suffering with that, that that can be a worse case if people are working at home. Uh, but curious on the, on the traffic deaths, traffic accidents, um, robberies, uh, things like that. What's going on with all that with people all staying home? You would think it's going to be less than it was before. And that, I don't think that nearly offsets on a positive way the loss of jobs and loss of economic activity that's going on. But it'd still be interesting to find out what has what other kind of effects have been that you could consider to be positive. So I had a a chart that but First Trust sent out uh, not too long ago that had a um, tracking the the markets from all these different other viruses that we've had. So the measles, the uh, Zika virus, Ebola, uh, MERS, SARS, uh, HIV, AIDS, and it has a, a chart that shows. The S&P 500 six-month percent change during that epidemic and the S&P 500 12-month percent change. So maybe this gives us a little perspective. So um, the Zika virus in June of 2016, there's also a measles one in June 19. I, I, I don't remember that one. That went through the radar there. Um, Zika was a 12% six-month return and 17.5% 12-month return. That was in 2016. Uh, Ebola in March of 2014 had a 5.3% plus six-month return and a 10.4 12-month change. And then the SARS going back to 2003, and there's a bunch more in here, but uh, three, 14.6 six-month change and 20.8 12-month change. HIV AIDS had the only two negatives that had a 6.6% six-month negative change and a 16.5% negative change over a 12-month period back in June of 1981. And I don't think any of us look at the HIV AIDS as a epidemic anymore. I mean, it happened for years. So the things that we worry about, uh, I think this is where capitalism shines, uh, where we have private industry coming in to try to fight these things. Yeah, is it for ultimate profit? You betcha. But is that okay? Do the rest of us care? <laughs> we shouldn't because it's it's helping save lives in spite of somebody uh, making, making money on it. The only other negative one I saw here was um, – Measles in 2014, December 2014, had a 0.2% six-month change and a negative plus 0.2% six-month change, negative 0.7% 12-month change. So it, um, you know, we've had things like this before, and and nobody can predict how far it's going to go, how long it's going to take, and all those kind of things. 
but I think it's uh, it's something we we know has happened before. And if we stick to our plans, and for, and hopefully you had enough that was not in the stock market that's going to weather this just fine, and you're staying healthy. As, as the most important thing is that you're staying healthy. All right, so before the break, I want to share with you a coronavirus market update that Rusty Leonard shared with me. A uh, great Christian guy. This was on April 1st, so this was Wednesday, and he's been giving us uh, not daily updates, but uh, a couple times a week on this. But this was interesting. He starts off with a verse, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, First Timothy 1, 7. And then he says that uh, this is just a, a brief update to highlight important developments on the search for a drug therapy that could successfully treat those who have come down with the coronavirus. A study in China that was performed properly he said performed properly from a scientific perspective, looked at the impact of using plaquenil, which is another name for hydroxychloroquine, on coronavirus patients, concluded that it did have a statistically significant impact on reducing the impact of the virus and lead to more rapid recovery. Separately, on Laura Ingerman's show tonight, she interviewed a U.S.-based doctor who has also been using plaquenil on his patients and has concluded it has a positive impact as well. The doctor said he believes this finding of Plaquenil's successful use in coronavirus patients, particularly if therapy was begun early, marked what he described as the beginning of the end of the threat. It will no doubt take some amount of time to gain widespread agreement among medical professionals about this news and to obtain and distribute sufficient quantities of Plaquenil to hospitals around the country. But it is increasingly looking like there is already a drug-based means to prevent death and promote a more rapid recovery for most people infected with the virus. The studies done so far were relatively small, which some of the medical community will highlight as a risk factor that the results are not fully trustworthy. But the results were nonetheless statistically significant. If this situation proceeds like I think it will, quarantining and social distancing can end sooner than many are now expecting, and the economy should be on the road to recover faster as well. I doubt the stock market will pick up on this right away, but it should not be too much longer before this info is confirmed and accepted by the medical community as the evidence is piling up that Plaquenil works. Let me see what time I've got. Okay, a few more seconds. The only question then would be how fast the medicine can be available, made available to patients in the U.S. and everywhere else in the world. Since it is, since it is not widely available right now, the current trends in deaths will continue to look pretty bad for a while. So it is not an instant solution, but the death rate from coronavirus should plunge as the drug is more used uh, used more and more widely. Okay, that's time for a break. Got a couple more sentences on that when we get back. 877-235-9405. If you've got a comment or a question, love to hear from me. We'll be right back after these messages. Ronald Blue Trust is pleased to sponsor Talking Money. Ronald Blue Trust has four distinct divisions that work with clients across the wealth spectrum. Private Wealth, Everyday Steward, Family Office, and the Professional Athlete Division. The company's largest division, Private Wealth, is designed to provide financial guidance for clients with an investable net worth of $1 million or higher. Private Wealth Advisors can provide advice in many areas, including managing cash flow, growing assets while decreasing debt, overseeing investment portfolios, developing tax-efficient estate and strategic giving plans, and utilizing trust services if needed, all with the big picture in view. The Private Wealth Division has 14 branch offices across the United States, including Greenville. 
For more information on Ronald Blue Trust branch offices and the advisors serving there, please visit www.ronblue.com. Now back to Talking Money. And welcome back to Talking Money. You're listening to Mike Miller. Glad to have you with us. We're about 25 before the hour here on Talking Money on this uh, beautiful Saturday morning. It, uh, it seems hard to believe that all the the nastiness is going around when you have such uh, beautiful weather, and hopefully all this will end soon. I was starting to wrap up um, some information that I received from Rusty Leonard, a portfolio manager that I've known for for decades, and a great Christian guy who's uh, we use him some for some uh, client accounts. But he was talking about an update on the coronavirus and some of this information and studies that have been done on Plaquenil, uh, this drug. So the the final part of that, he says, um, it's not widely available right now. The current trends and deaths will continue to look pretty bad for a while, he says. So it is not an instant solution, but the death rate from the coronavirus should plunge as the drug is used more and more widely. The FDA recently made it very easy for doctors to prescribe the drug, so it really is a matter of availability at this point. As we noted previously, two companies have donated 31 million doses of Plaquenil, donated, and only five doses per patient are required to have successful results, according to the U.S. doctor study. Hopefully, the medical community will jump quickly on this news and turn the tide on this terrible disease. So that I think that was encouraging news, and I read that on Wednesday, and, and maybe that helps us see light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, and and. The comment I made about what's, what else is going on in the world, uh, Joey did respond. He's listening, and he's going to look into that for the crime, at least for the crime statistics, and see what's happening. Maybe get the sheriff back on. I know he's had him on a few times on his show to see what his experience have been uh, locally, and then maybe we can get some statistics somewhere that show. I'm, I'm sure he can get in touch with somebody. Maybe Mike Gallagher's got something. We got a lot of resources that uh, he has available to him that he can get that the rest of us don't have. So we'll see what we can find out from uh, from Joey uh, come next week. So listen to Joey's program in the morning, six to nine, Monday through Friday next uh, next week. Uh, so the the I'm going to say a few more things about. Uh, some what some other analysts are saying about the current market situation of and all the stuff I've been reading. You'll be glad to know I'm not going to share all this stuff with you because you wouldn't want to hear all this. Uh, it's, it's been too much. Uh, we'd be information overload. So I'm doing my best to try to summarize the things that some of these other analysts are saying that I'm reading. And one, Ivan Marchev is with the Lewis Navalier Group. He's, um, he has one that came out on Tuesday, March 31st. He's talking about that the the this has been essentially a, a government mandated recession. So he says he's talking about the parallels to 08. He says they're easy to make. And there is a very big difference. In 2008, the banking system was sick with bad mortgage loans and leverage, where mortgage collateral was shrinking at an alarming rate. Today, the banking system is very healthy. The big difference with 2008 is that this is a government mandated recession. The government has stopped the economy in order to stop the coronavirus. It's like turning off the circuit breakers in a house with the emergency backup power for essential services only. And later the article says this is the first government-mandated recession. It did not show up in any economic indicators ahead of time because it was not driven by a deteriorating economy. It will be over soon if the stock market, and there's always these ifs in there, it, it will be over soon if the stock market sees a flattening of the curve of infections or a clear slowdown in new cases that would indicate light at the end of the tunnel. 
because the Fed has thrown so much money at the problem on top of the $2.2 trillion deficit spending bill signed into law Friday. This could be the shortest and sharpest recession in history. Then he ends up the article saying, I think it is possible for the stock market to be rallying right into the November election if the pandemic is contained and if the uh, novel treatments that show so much promise produce tangible results. So that would be the treatments I was just talking about in Rusty Leonard's uh, uh, blog. The odds are not insignificant that the stock market come election day could be exactly where it was in November 2019. When one looks back at the S&P 500 with one huge swing up to 3,400, then down to 2,200, and up back to 2,900, wouldn't that be something, he says. So, yeah, I think that would be something as well. So it is a government-mandated recession. So we we can undo it, and hopefully these medicines will come back soon so we can all get back to work. And it'll be a distant memory. In the not too distant future, we'll be looking back and say, wow, yeah, that was bad, but we got through it. And, and look how, how well we're doing now. So Jason Swig, uh, Swig, he wrote a couple of articles that were posted in the Market Watch, uh, or in the, in the Wall Street Journal, not our Market Watch is the Wall Street Journal's online uh, version, but in the actual Wall Street Journal, a couple interesting articles. One he wrote back on March 13th, 2020. And I think this is a good reminder for all of us. Uh, the second paragraph in the article, and anybody can look these up if you want to, Jason Swag, uh, March 13th, 2020. Investing now more than ever is about controlling the controllable. You can't control the markets. You can't control the coronavirus. You can control your own behavior, although that requires making accurate, honest predictions about yourself. I underlined that three times because it's it's about yourself, not about all these other things. Later in the article, years ago, the psychologist Daniel Kamen told me that one of the keys to investing is having what he called a well-calibrated sense of your future regret. I thought that was that was really good because uh, people, you don't really necessarily understand how you're going to be affected by downturns in the market and the volatility until it actually happens. It's easier to say that now, or it's easier to say that uh, when things are going well. It's almost like I, when we're keeping the grandkids, it wears us out. And so, uh, especially my wife, but it wears us both out. And so when the kids aren't there, we're feeling good. And they say, hey, why don't we ask the kids and then come over? We'll spend the night and say, Okay, well, that's easy to say when you're feeling good, and the next day you're really glad you did it, but it really does wear you out. That's why they, you know, God gave kids to young people, and I've heard that many times from grandparents, and now I experience it. But we love having them, so because David, Elizabeth may be listening, and the kids may be listening today too. But we love doing it, and so we don't mind getting worn out. That's a good reason to get worn out. But it's always different when you're thinking like, okay, I can go on a diet just after I had my great meal, and I'm feeling good. I think it's time to go on a diet. So. Market's up 20%. I th- yeah, I can, I can take it if the market goes down 20%. That's, that's uh, not going to be a problem. Uh, yeah, until it happens and then you, you change your tune. So he says, investors are, are full of false bravado. It's a sense to say you'll buy more stocks if the market goes down 10%. It isn't, it isn't even that hard not to just say it, but to do it a few times. Buying the dips is almost fun when the market goes down a little bit every once in a while. But when stocks go down 7% or more in a day, twice in a single week, the person you thought you were last Friday isn't the person you are this weekend. 
A week ago, you thought you were ready for whatever the market could throw at you. Now you, you'd flinch if a, if a toddler tossed a marshmallow at you. Will you be able to keep buying all the way down if the market goes down another 25% or more? On the other hand, what if the panic subsides and the stocks resume their climb? After you impulsively moved the safety of cash and bonds that generate almost no income, how badly will you kick yourself over getting out of the market because of fears that didn't fully materialize? At the most basic level, those are the two potential regrets most investors face. The risk of losing massive amounts of money if the epidemic worsens versus the risk of missing out on what could be a robust rebound if the virus abates. You can minimize minimize one risk, but not both. And last year I had a full show we talked about the fear of loss, the fear of missing missing out, and the fear of failure. And I think Nick Stone Street, our CEO, was on that call with me. So if you can go back to TalkingMoneyRadio.com, TalkingMoneyRadio.com, and there's a search. When you click on the radio shows, there's a search box there. You can search by topic. So you should be able to put fear of loss or fear of missing out on these. You might even be able to put the initials FOL, but I would put fear of loss. It'll take you back to that show that we did that we talked about that. So you, you can't you can't minimize all the risks. you got the fear of loss, fear of missing out. And then the fear of failure, which means you didn't, you're not going to meet your, your goals. So you can get, you know, probably two out of three, but you can't get all three at the same time. So at the end of the article, he says, only by creating a circle of calm around yourself can you honestly evaluate which type of regret is likely to bother you down the road. Uh, first, if you were looking, if you were investing back in 2008, 2009, go back and look at your actual account activity, not your warm and fuzzy memories of it to see what you did the last time markets were in meltdown. Then he qualifies it, and I was thinking this while I read that uh, um, line. Down in the next paragraph, he says, however, if you are in or near retirement now, then the need to protect your capital from further sudden erosion could make you more conservative than you were back then. But that's when, there again, my notes on this, not Jason's, is that's, that's why you prepare that ahead of time. So you don't react, you prepare. So also regrets tend to be hotter and more painful when an outcome appears to be caused by your own actions rather than circumstances that seem beyond your control. Regret is also more intense when you take an action that is an unusual departure from your normal pattern. So did the the extra volatility throw you out of the sink and put you into a, a frame of mind that was different than how you normally would be? Um, for the most part, I mean, vast majority, I mean, our clients are are weathering it well. They understand it's an outside source. We We communicate several times a week with them. Our investment strategies group sends out regular emails, and we're trying to keep people informed and educated so we don't have anyone making any rash decisions. Um, Then he says, so taking small actions over time. I think this is good advice. So so taking small actions over time. So if you are nervous about the market going down, then you say, well, instead of rather making a big drastic decision all at once and getting all in cash, do it gradually. Of course, you might say, well, I'm down, and the next day I'm down more and so forth. But then, but then at least if it doesn't go that way, which we, we've had plenty of good updates in the last three weeks, it, you'll, you'll catch some of those too. So the same thing he says, so if you feel you must sell stocks to calm yourself, do it gradually. Then he says the same thing. Conversely, if the market collapse makes you want to buy stocks, don't do that impetuously either. So nibble in equal amounts over the course of weeks or months. So I think that was also good advice to do and, and just remind ourselves that we can't control this uh, and why you prepare and and don't react to things like this. 
Okay, I've got a bunch of other stuff here on the markets and so forth. I think uh, I'm going to spend a little bit of time after the break talking about how the coronavirus really vindicated capitalism. It's a great article by Kimberly Strassel. And then I'll, well, we'll finish out with some ideas that you can use to take advantage of the market downturn and some ways to, to maybe help make your financial situation even better going forward. 877-235-9405 is our text line phone line. This is your last chance to get in before we end Talking Money for another Saturday. We'll be right back. This is Certified Financial Planner Professional Mike Miller, your host for Talking Money. I am pleased to have Ronald Blue Trust as the sponsor of Talking Money. As a trust company with clients in all 50 states, Ronald Blue Trust can serve as trustee, backup trustee, or even personal representative, what we used to call the executor or executrix. This can be a valuable service, especially if you'd like to pass on your values and not just your valuables to your heirs. Your heirs will probably have one of two perspectives. Either they will say something like, what am I going to inherit? Which is usually the common perspective. Or they will ask, what is going to be entrusted to me? What talents will I be responsible to manage? Tim Kimmel, Director of Family Matters, said it well. Quote, you can't leave character to your trust account. You can't write your values into the will. You can't bank traits like courage, honesty, and compassion in a safe deposit box. What we need is a plan, a long-term strategy to convey our convictions to the next generation, unquote. Estate and trust planning are about much more than saving taxes or simply making sure your assets get transferred efficiently to your children. You can find out more about Ronald Blue Trust at ronblue.com. Send an email to greenville at ronblue.com. Or call the Greenville office at 864-233-7405 or 1-800-588-PLAN. That's 1-800-588-7526. Now back to Talking Money. And I'd love to hear from you at, uh, at the office at Ronald Blue Trust here in Greenville. That uh, number, once again, is 233-7405 or 800 588 7526 or send me a quick uh, email greenville at ronblue.com love to hear from you if there's something we can help you with or just to help calm your nerves uh, other than what we're doing here or trying to do here on talking money or if, if you think that we may be able to help and you you like the philosophy that you hear us talk about here on talking money we'd love to hear from you as well uh, not high sales not high sales pressure at all not low sales pressure at all we just uh, if we're going to help somebody we want to make sure that we're a good fit and we really do want to make sure that we add value for the fee that we charge for folks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the uh, the coronavirus vindicates capitalism, and if we have time at the end, I don't think we will because I want to skip to some some information on what you can do to take advantage of this in the in the minutes we have left. I want to read one article, one email that one of our advisors got uh, was from a client. So what steps are you try are taking to try and reduce losses for us? Sorry to bother you at this difficult time. Thanks, Mr. Nervous Client, we'll call them. So the answer was, we don't try to predict or react to market events like this. Rather, we prepare. That's how we reduce this the impact of this kind of volatility. Having short-term and intermediate-term buckets for near-term cash flow needs insulates our clients from what we expect to be a temporary decline in long-term oriented investments. In fact, intermediate-term investments are appreciating in this environment rather than just preserving wealth. And not all of them are, but some of them are. In our view, the absolute wrong response from us would be to encourage clients to reduce their exposure to long-term growth assets that have been negatively impacted recently. Moves like that destroy wealth. 
it goes on after that, but that's that's the main gist of it. It's it's you don't want your advisor telling you advising you to get out after it's gone down. Uh, you should only have the amount that's in those growth assets like stocks, like growth stocks that you don't need for five plus, and I'm going to say probably safer to eight to ten years plus. So what are some things you can do to take advantage of some of these things? So one thing, of course, don't panic and review your portfolios for any tax loss harvesting. So you, you want to, if you can sell something that we're not talking about inside your IRAs, of course, you can't take a tax loss inside your IRA, uh, but you can take a tax loss outside the IRA and then wait 31 days if you're going to buy something very similar to that, or you can turn around and buy the same, buy something different that you want to buy that, uh, so you won't have to worry about the 31 day rule. So that's something that you do. I've done that for a number of clients. We've been rebalancing portfolios, trying to take advantage of the downturn and, and also, um, put, put money where we think it should be going forward. So I think reviewing your, uh, your portfolio for tax losses, that'll help you now. Keep in mind that that could potentially hurt you later from a tax standpoint because you're going to be selling now and getting a tax loss will help you. And even if you don't have any other gains to offset for a while, you'll be able to carry forward $3,000 every year until it's gone. So that'll help. And then when you have, and you may still have some things that you have a gain in, a great time to realign a portfolio. It's also a great time to move to a different portfolio. So we have clients that talk to us and we say, well, I don't want to come now because I want to wait till my my account rebounds and then I'll, then I'll move to you guys. Well, you're really better off to move while the account value is down, especially if it's a taxable account because you can move with uh, fewer tax ramifications on it immediately. And hopefully you're going to get put in a portfolio that's going to rebound faster than the one you're in and you'll be in that new system. It's a, it's a much more cost efficient way to do it. If you, if you'd done it back in December, well, then you, you created, potentially created a lot of tax consequences although we're real careful on how we do that and may spread that out over several years but and and take advantage of the downturn now while it's there but you certainly want to try to take advantage of that but going forward when you rebuy you'll be buying at a lower price so your future gain may be higher but perhaps maybe that you won't sell it till after you retire so you'll be in a lower tax bracket because you can still sell long-term capital gain property if you are in the 15 percent Ordinary income tax bracket, you can sell a long-term capital gain property and pay zero long-term capital gain tax. So uh, selling something and uh, just say, well, I want to try to avoid the tax. Well, you may not be avoiding tax at all. Keep in mind that the the gain from that sale has to also be within that 15 or that 12 percent. I've been saying I'm still on the old tax bracket, the 12 percent tax bracket, the new 12 percent tax bracket, anything in the 12 percent tax bracket. Then you'll be a zero long-term capital gains. Um, and that's, that's a great way to, to realign. If you can do that almost any time that you can sell with gain and then reset your basis at the next highest level, if you can get that done without paying any taxes, it's a great way to do it. If you let the, the accounts, the investments grow too much, then you might have too much of a, too much of a gain on the sale, which is going to potentially Put you into the where you're going to have to pay that that fifteen um, percent capital gains tax on it. So doing it in in parts or doing it when you can do a tax loss, that's that's even better. Uh, consider now with the low share prices. So if, if depending on your tax situation, you always have to check with your own tax preparer on these things. But or if you do it yourself, make sure you run the numbers. But you have low share prices and maybe your your regular traditional IRA is is down. 
So if potentially you could just take the money out if you're over 59 and a half, you're already retired. But if not, and you still want to keep it for retirement or for future years, now would be a great time to consider transferring or converting some of that to a Roth IRA. So if you take the exact, the share, the stock or the mutual funds, those share prices, the index fund, whatever it is, and you move it over to your Roth. So you do a transfer in kind to it. Uh, then you say, okay, now, uh, my, since my share prices are all lower, then I have, when it grows, when it comes back again, all the growth is going to be in my Roth IRA. And even if you sold it in your traditional IRA and rebought, there'd be some expenses there. When you rebought stuff inside your Roth, you're still buying in your Roth at a lower price. So there should be more future gain deferred or really eliminated because you've now put it into a Roth IRA that, that has tax-free distributions, doesn't have a required minimum withdrawal. If your traditional IRA is getting too large or will be by the time you reach age 72, the new rule for taking required minimum distribution out, the new age, if it's too high by then, then you're going to have to start taking the money out, and it will be taxable. So if you can take some money out now and put it into a Roth at a lower tax bracket, and you really need to look at this carefully to make sure you're definitely going to be in that lower tax bracket, then your future growth should be then tax-deferred or tax-free because it's now inside a Roth IRA. So a lot of advantages, and your the amount in your traditional IRA is not going to be as high so that the required minimum distribution that you have to take at age 72 is going to be lower. So, and then rebalancing between your intermediate term and long term. So now that your long term strategies have gone down, assuming they have, so your, some of your short term money, intermediate term money, so okay, now my, now would be a good time to rebalance. You're not trying to time the market. Please don't do that. You're not going to try to time the very bottom, which now I think was about a week ago, last Monday, two weeks ago, this coming Monday was the, so far the, the low point. From what I recall. So you're not necessarily going to get it all that day. That's okay. You're looking for longer term um, benefits. So just doing some rebalancing is a good time to do that. And then just uh, update your financial plan. Uh, so review it. See if everything's still on target. And and if you're still looking at you know 10 plus years and the analysts that we're looking at saying, yeah, it's, it's very likely that, that by the end of this year and certainly by the end of 2021, We'll be back to normal. The market will be back to normal and so forth. But you never know. There's there's all kind of dynamics uh, that are involved in that. Uh, but the one thing I can give you is, as a good piece of advice, I think, is is just refuse to panic. Just don't panic. It's easy to do that. And and for many of you, I'll say this, and I've said this over the years many times. I said, okay, well, if if you're going to be watching the news, and, of course, nowadays it's the coronavirus, not so much the markets, unless we have a big down day. So turn off that and and go on to Andy Griffith and watch some good old reruns of Andy Griffith. You'll feel better. Uh, you'll, you'll bring you back to a simpler day and maybe make you feel better about all that that's, that's going on these days. Well, TalkingMoneyRadio.com is where we post these uh, programs. So if you want to hear this one again or, or some other subject, then go to TalkingMoneyRadio.com. And you can listen to your heart's content as often as you like or as little as you like. It's fine. So TalkingMoneyRadio.com. So if you've got a question that you'd like to share with me at the office, of course, 800-588-7526 is the number at the local office of Ronald Blue Trust, formerly Plan First. Have a great weekend. Keep safe. We'll talk to you next week for the next Talking Money.